Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you are listening to us or watching us. And thank you very much for being here with us today um, and for being part of this community that is growing by the day. I thank you very much for your support and for being a part of this, this uh, community, the newsletter, the podcast, and everything that uh, comes with that. Today we have a really special guest and uh, Chankra, thank you so much for coming into the podcast. Thank you, Monica, for having me for this fantastic community and this interview. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Today is also a very special day. Today marks um, the day that has been deemed to be the Corrosion Awareness Day. And there is a lot of things going on all around the globe. So I hope you had had the opportunity to participate in any of those uh, activities or read articles and become a little bit more familiar about corrosion and what that entails. Without further ado, I'm just going to start reading on the bio for Shankra. So, shall guest. So, Dr. Papa Vinasa is currently the president of Core Magnet Consulting, Inc., and he has been working on corrosion control for over 35 years, mostly in the oil and gas industry. He has led several joint industry projects as well as individual client projects with more than 50 companies, developing solutions and insights to control internal corrosion, external corrosion, and microbiology influence corrosion of oil and gas production facilities and transmission pipelines. He is currently consulting with oil and gas companies in Canada, India, Malaysia, Saudi Arabia, and USA. He has written the book Corrosion Control in the Oil and Gas Industry, being translated in Chinese. What a great accomplishment edited two books, contributed to five book chapters, developed seven, seven software products, received two patents, led development of seven industry standards, organized four conferences, coordinated three workshops, published over 100 papers, authored several client reports, and appeared as subject matter expert before National Academy of Science Committee in Washington, D.C., USA, and the Canadian Senate Committee, Canadian Parliament in Ottawa, Canada, on crude oil corrosivity. Chankra, thank you so much. And I know this is a really good time because it is also the 10th anniversary of Core Magnet. So congratulations to you and to Core Magnet. And thank you for being here with us today. Thank you, Monica. Thank you for having me. First of all, I would like to say happy Corrosion Awareness Day. Today is April 24th, which is a Corrosion Awareness Day. And let us continue our fight against corrosion and win over it. And again, thank you, Monica, for having me on this memorable day. As you mentioned, today is the 10th anniversary of Corn Magnet. I really appreciate you having me here. I really appreciate your coming and uh, I'm really glad we can celebrate together because as a community we are stronger and we have been 
working together for a long, long time. So it is it is really good that we can continue support each other. And uh, I'm really glad you're here. But let us let us start with uh, with the question. So you have a lot of accomplishments, so many things that you have uh, done, books, conferences, webinars, uh, talk to people in, you know, politicians. Um, lots of opportunities, lots of challenges as well. How did you end up in the field of corrosion? Oh, thanks, Monica, for that kind of complimentary introduction. Uh, you know, my coming into the field is kind of a little funny. Uh, I was doing my master's in India the southern part of India, in which I had a paper, which is one of the toughest papers uh, in the master's degree, which is a combination of electrochemistry and quantum chemistry. Quantum chemistry, right? So I found quantum chemistry to be easy to comprehend. So I completely ignored electrochemistry and cleared that paper by focusing only on quantum chemistry. Two years later, I was hired to work on a project which also led to my PhD. That was focusing on batteries, uh, lead acid batteries. It was in 1985. And my supervisor on a day first asked me if I knew anything about anodes and cathode. I said, what? And then he asked, did he not understand electrochemistry? Uh, I said no. And but I thought I was going to work on something on corrosion. And he said, well, we are in trouble anyhow. Then he gave me a book. That book, I don't know whether you can see it. Uh, it is this book. He gave me a copy of this book. That was in 1985. Corrosion and corrosion control by a person called by two persons called uh, Herb Ulig and Winston Revy. I went through the book that was a little tough on me because it's too sophisticated for me to understand what was going on. And I was scratching my head uh, going from pillars to pillars and one day fortunately in the library I found another book called ASTM volume 3.2, 3.02. And I strongly recommend anybody who wants to understand electrochemistry or corrosion to get hold of this standard. It's a book of standard by ASTM. And this volume 3.02 talks all aspects of corrosion control, corrosion, basics aspect of electrochemistry, it also has a terminology of corrosion, which is a combined joint standard by NACE and ASTM. That book, which I read in 1986, really helped me to understand corrosion, started an interest on corrosion. And without that book, that book of standards by ASTM, I would not have survived in the industry. So that was my introduction to corrosion. But another funny or even thing happened was in 1994. After I finished my PhD, 
I was interviewed by a person to work in a project in corrosion control in the oil and gas industry. To cut the story short, I joined him after six months. That person is nothing but Winston Reevy. No way. The primary author of the book. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Winston really put me into oil and gas industry uh, in 1994. I never left the industry since then. So that's a little story of my introduction to corrosion as well as the oil and gas industry. Oh, wow, that's so cool. That's so cool. Like what are the odds or did you know that he was at that position? No, no, you didn't. It no. was a surprise. Yeah. 1985 when he got this book, I didn't know who Winston Review was. Uh -huh. And when I interviewed him over the phone at that time, we didn't have the video connection, only phone. We spoke and I didn't know. And then he sent me the project details. When I saw his name, I was, wow, could be this person. And then, well, in 94, mm -hmm. yeah, he was my boss for almost 20 years. Yeah. He's still my boss. Yeah. My guru. Oh my, my God. Mentor, that's, my friend. Yeah. That's so cool. That's really interesting. Well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? Really cool. So I know you're a big fan of leading corrosion control rather than following corrosion. I also have read your book. I have been in many of your classes, your courses, and you have something very special, which is called the 5N methodology. Can you expand a little bit into that, please? Okay. <clears throat> uh, again, as I said, um, I entered into the oil and gas industry in 1994, thanks to Winston. And Monica, you're also aware of the BAF pipeline workshop that is being held in BAF every alternate years. In fact, we had one last year, last month. And I was heavily involved while I was working with Winston. And we were trying to put a program together for people to understand, comprehend corrosion control kind of in a comprehensive way. And five of us we were discussing in one afternoon, in fact, in Calgary. And each one of us kind of focused on one aspect. Somebody said model, somebody said mitigation, somebody said monitoring, somebody said maintenance, and somebody said management. At the end, we all found that, hey, all five are important. That is how the whole 5M approach came into being. You integrate model mitigation, monitoring, maintenance, and management. You have an effective and economical corrosion control strategies. But if you look at the industry, whether it is oil and gas or refinery or facilities, we focus on inspection, inspection, and inspection. Inland inspection for the pipelines or risk space inspection for the refineries and facilities. So the idea is if we can lead, if we can predict using model as to what will happen, what would happen, and use as an inspection, as a confirmatory rather than the base. So that is how 
the corrosion control, leading corrosion control will help. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't mean that <clears throat> we have to completely ignore inspection, but start with leading. Just like riding the horse rather than drag the horse dragging you. So that is the kind of interest in leading corrosion control. And when I implemented, when we implemented this comp, this concept to the oil and gas industry, we found that the cost of leading or modeling is only one tenth of the cost of inline inspection. As a result, we first lead corrosion control rather than following corrosion, and the cost of corrosion also decreases drastically. So that is the kind of my passion about it, uh, Monica. And that is so interesting because like you said, it has to have all those elements and kind of in harmony and all those elements have to be looked at and not have one of them isolated from the others. Otherwise, it doesn't really work in the way we want. Exactly, yes. Yep. Integration, yeah. because corrosion doesn't happen on its own. Several factors combined together interactively cause corrosion. So if you want to control corrosion, again, we have to collaboratively work, bring different entities together, different people, different experience together. Only then we can be successful, not just on following corrosion by following inspection. <clears throat> and I like a lot what you're saying because that is also, you know, we have talked a lot about inclusivity and then have multi-dynamic teams and have people from all ages, all genders, all experiences, people that contribute to uh, the solutions with different expertise. And that really ties down into that. We have spoken about that with other people that have come to the podcast and it seems to be the common theme. And like you rightly said, corrosion happens uh, because it is a little bit of some, like a sum and addition of things. Uh, so now we, to prevent it, have to come up as an addition of beans and ideas and and collaboration and tools and procedures like a collaboration of many little particles to uh, be able to prevent it. So it is very interesting, really great. That's awesome. So on that same sense, what do you think is the biggest challenge for the corrosion industry in the next 10 years? Like what can you can you see as like a, this is a big challenge that we are going to be facing? Uh, <clears throat> Monica, you have been in the field for a long time. Uh, and we all know that the science behind corrosion control. It's almost was established 50 years ago. For cathodic protection, we know we have to apply you had to make the metal cathode and for external corrosion we apply coatings for internal corrosion we apply inhibitors and material selection so pretty much this science has been well established in good old days when we were young we learned corrosion by doing hands-on training and uh, having a mentor working with uh, 
the mentor is one of the essential success of our good old days. Again, I talked about Winston and Winston really will held my hand and walk with me, walked me for 10 years. That mentorship was the very, very critical success, at least in my journey. But nowadays, if you ask the kids, they do a search and they get everything what they want through Google, chat, GPT, and things like that. Many times they are right. They take the value. They understand the numbers and they go and implement it. But they, they may not understand what was the science behind that particular number. For example, minus 850 millivolts versus copper copper sulfate for effective cathodic protection. Everybody knows, but what was the theory behind it? That in the absence of mentorship may not be readily apparent to the next generation, which I believe is a big challenge. But what is the solution? And Monica, again, you are leading this effort of having a kind of chat that integrates, that helps us to integrate science, engineering, and management, which are well established with modern technology such as internet. So I strongly believe that by integrating <clears throat> the science, engineering, and management with modern technology, we can overcome this challenge of educating the next generation. So when you integrate science, technology, engineering and management, that becomes STEM. There were another meaning of STEM is stop. So STEM corrosion means stop corrosion. In fact, Core Magnet's logo is STEM corrosion. That means that by integrating science, engineering, technology and management, we can stop corrosion. So we have opportunities to overcome the challenges. That is in my opinion. That is fantastic. And I like how you see things. So the the challenges always bring an opportunity. And that is always something that I try to, you know, pass along. Um, you've spoken about the mentees, uh, the, the guides, someone that leads up the, the way uh, for people. And I think that still brings a lot of uh, weight. Um, and there are things that you might not be aware that other person can see easier because they are not inside what is happening. So having that someone that you can rely on, um, not only technically, but also as a professional, uh, in the way you communicate, in the way you are able to pass on the message, in the way that you are treat people, in the way that like a lot of other things also play a role. And then when you have that ability to have someone talking to you and say, hey, I think this is a good, uh, this is a tool that you might heard about or you might not, but why don't you give it a try? Uh, absolutely agree with you, Monica. Just to add to that one, we have to, as a team, as a kind of uh, experienced people, we have to also change our mentality. 
or good old days of having a mentor, mentee, walking together, that days have gone. So we are to, I mean, we are to accept it. I mean, mm -hmm. that's not going to happen. So the new, the next generation depend on technology. So even if you tell them, they'll go and search in the Google or GPT and ask their friends to double check. So we have to translate our knowledge, science, engineering, or management through modern technology. And I really appreciate what you're doing is exactly the way to go about. So we have to adapt to the change and overcome the change. Otherwise, we will not be succeeding in our control of corrosion. Absolutely, and thank you very much. Yeah, I think it is we can reach places we would have never imagined without these tools that we have available now. So yeah. it is it is yeah. very, very nice. OK, just to add to that one. I, in fact, uh, I taught a course online course last week and I had some participants from Algeria. The really knowledgeable people and I learned a lot from them. So that would not have been possible had we not had the technology, right? So we have to appreciate the newer technology and adapt to that one. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. That's awesome. So that brings me to the next question because you have been, the, like we said in the introduction, your company is 10 years today. Yay! So can you send some insights? How was that to start 10 years ago versus how we do business now? And we have spoken a little bit about technology and all the adaptation, but what was it 10 years ago? What is it today? What are, you know, tell us all about it. Okay, that's a long story. Okay, <laughs> thank you uh, for asking that question, uh, Monica. Uh, as I said, uh, I joined CANMET, uh, one of the leading laboratory, government laboratory, federal government laboratory in Canada. And I was uh, doing my almost 20 years there and was very well placed senior scientist, doing a lot of uh, very, very advanced, sophisticated laboratory uh, in Hamilton as well as in Calgary. I really enjoyed it. But somehow I thought uh, there was something missing in my career progression. When I reflected on that one, I found that uh, I was still continuing to develop science over a period of almost 25 years. And I didn't know whether the science was that I was developing was useful for practically for the field operators. Mm -hmm. And there was no feedback. People said, hey, yeah, we use your science, but I wanted to see an experience, hands-on experience. So uh, then suddenly in 2013, on April 24th, I jumped the ship. <clears throat> and uh, you might ask why April 24th? And as I said, there are three reasons. And one was, I don't know whether you can see it, I joined the great association, NACE, on April 24th. Um. Okay. And then <clears throat> we, as I introduced, we had the Corrosion Awareness Day. That's on April 24th. So two reasons. Then I asked my wife, I discussed with my wife, because when you are going from a permanent job to a kind of 
business, I need to have some support. She completely supported it. And then I asked, when should I start the company? She said April 23rd. And I also have a very good friend, Nikhal Obeshekra. Probably you know him. He's a guru, a good friend, has been in the industry for 40 years. I asked him, when should I start? He said April 25th. <laughs> April 24th, 33rd, yesterday was my wife's birthday. April 25th was my good friend's birthday. That took an average, it came to April 24th. <laughs> so that is how the April 24th kind of date was fixed. And uh, once I started the company, uh, as I said, I wanted to jump from science part of it to practical aspects of it. So six months into the company, I kind of sat down, took literally locked myself, completed the book corrosion control in the oil and gas industry. And uh, this book. And when I spoke to the publisher, they said, hey, you started a company, you focus on the science. We take care of all the other aspects of it. Like English editing as well as updating the copyright. I was very thankful for them. Within six months, they helped me to publish the book. The company in April, October, the book was out. So that was the kind of reference of the five approach. I wanted to help the industry all about. So at that time I was doing only consultancy and in fact Monica at that time we also worked together in some of the oil sense projects yeah. and it was going up pretty well the consultancy and again another change of event. One day out of blue. I got a call from Saudi Saudi Aramco. By a person called Dr. Abdul Mounam Sherik. And I didn't know him before he called me. He said, hey, I read your science scientific papers on locally splitting corrosion for seven medium. Why don't you develop a software? I said, no, I know only science, but not the software part of it. He said, hey, you can find somebody because looks like you are from India. Why don't you find a partner in India? To cut the story short, he helped me to find a partner who happened to be a friend. And we developed the software for internal corrosion and implemented in Saudi Aramco in 2015-16. I went a couple of times to the training. And then in 2017, we developed the commercial version of it. We call it as iFilms. And my wife and me, we went around North America for 62 days, met 20 companies and 16 of them bought it. So that completely changed the direction of my company from just consultancy into consultancy slash software development. So that was a kind of little story at the beginning of the company. Currently we have got four software. And I five lines of business. I help company to understand and implement effective internal corrosion control. Corrosion evaluation. External corrosion control. Pipeline integrity management and refinery and oil sense corrosion control. Uh, that is how the story goes, uh, uh, Monica. It's so great to hear you and so inspirational because you have adapted. Like I was hearing you, and then the whole, the all, the only thing that came to my mind was so flexible and so adaptable. And you jumped out of the comfort zone. It's like, yeah, I, I am a scientist. Like I, I, but I want to know about industry. Let's jump. 
but I am a consultant, but the industry is asking you to have, you know, software skills. Okay, I'll jump and do it. So you have adapted uh, to everything that has been put um, in front of you, and that is remarkable. Yep. Thank you, Monica. Again, uh, you alluded at that one earlier. It's all the collaboration and community, community development. And fortunately, I got several good friends, including you, Monica. They gave me a right direction at the right time, and they helped me at the right time. So my success story is because the success story of my friends and well wishers. Like your community, like we said, yeah. the tribe that uh, yeah. circulates around you and yeah. then your family support is also yeah. so important. And we have heard it also from a lot of, especially the women that have come into the podcast that said it's absolutely critical to have support uh, at home where you can exactly. feel safe. And then you can say, yeah, go dream big because I'm here behind you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for which I should be personally thanking my wife, thank my wife because first 18 months, she said, don't bother about anything financial. I'll take care of it. Oh, that's and so good. That helped a lot, yeah. Of course, of course. And that is the kind of partner you want in life. Yeah, so right, yeah. Even Absolutely. though she's a lawyer, she's a good lawyer, I think. <laughs> <laughs> she's the she's in the in the good side. <laughs> good side, yeah. Thank you for sharing that inspirational uh, story, Chankra. So you have been in many many projects in many uh, courts. So scientist, a consultant, entrepreneur, uh, technology, uh, many many different areas of the world too uh, and our paths have crossed in different sides and it's so interesting how we evolve from all those projects and all those is there anything or like one that you remember with the good you know the first one that comes to your mind and you're like oh yeah that one can be good or bad. I have had one person that came to the podcast and is like, yeah, I know this one because it, yeah, it was really complicated. So what is that special one that you recall from all your experiences? Uh, I undoubtedly uh, the crude oil corrosivity. Uh, this is a little story. Uh, so I was working at Canmet. And in 2010, 2011, I don't know whether you are aware of it, yeah, environmental group said that Canadian crude oil is extremely corrosive under the pipeline operating conditions. And it was a very big news against the whole Canadian oil science crude oil corrosivity issue. Before that, we were for the last uh, 20 years since 94, we have been trying to understand how we can control corrosion using crude oil inside the pipeline. So to cut the story short, when this uh, environmental group uh, said Canadian crude oil was corrosive, I was kind of put in the front and center by the Canadian government to defend the industry and defend the country. So I faced, uh, appeared in front of the National Academy of Sciences in Washington, DC. And I faced uh, the Canadian Senate Parliamentary Committee in Ottawa. 
and I gave lot of newspaper interviews. That was a remarkable experience, challenging when you are you are defend, defending your science, defending your country and defending your own reputation. And fortunately, again, this is a story I would like to tell anybody. Don't speculate everything. Don't speculate anything. Depend on solid data. The data I dependent on was again through ASTM. Independent of this episode, we coordinated a round robin test in which 10 laboratories from around the world, including Canada, India, Venezuela and USA, they participated. For the same operating conditions, we conducted 10 experiments and we have found that in the absence of crude oil, the corrosion rate was 25 mils per year. And when you drop, when you add oil, it dropped to 4 mils per year. This is the story I told. Same story I told. Newspaper, challenging newspaper interviews. Because we had the science supported by international community, the whole episode, the whole uh, issue disappeared. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was my pinnacle moment in my career, and I was very thankful that Canadian government supported me, believed in me, and uh, I was thankful for the industry for that one. Yeah. I get emotional on that one, yeah. But the six months was really very challenging, yeah. but it was rewarding too. Yeah. I can imagine a lot of pressure because you were fighting not only for yourself, but for a whole industry and then almost for the whole country to regain in in some sort uh, the the reputation and back it up with science uh, that is a huge accomplishment. Yeah, and I was fortunate on that one because science was well established and we that's again the story I tell all my colleagues and participants. Please take your time to generate data. So the data will kind of defend you rather than you defending the data. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That is very interesting. So it is it is a powerful message. Um, that we need to and then that ties back into one of the comments you made. On using, you know, technology and chat GPT uh, or any other source of information. Using it without understanding what is it the background. So it is uh, it is a good message to leave to the audience. It is we need to if we want to get uh, results that are solid, we need to get um, credible sources and then invest time into checking that that is what really we want and it is backed up with numbers. That is very, very critical. Yeah. It's critical. We are almost at the end of the time here. And um, as, as always, this goes by so fast. Uh, and at this point, I want to keep talking for another hour. <laughs> but we are at the end of the time. Uh, perhaps you have any other message for the audience. It has been so nice having you here. But is there anything, a message that you have for the audience? people that are listening or watching us, what will you say to them? Yeah, my message uh, always, Monica, again, whether it is applicable for all 
but I follow this message. Start at the end. Decide what you want to achieve at the end, whether in your career, in your life. Where do you want to end? Start from there. So how do you want to, how do you want people to remember you? Mm. What would be your story? You kind of envision it and then go towards that one. Otherwise, uh, life may be boring, in my opinion. And again, I would like to start uh, stop by quoting that if you do not know where you are going, any road will get you there. Thanks, Monica, for having me. It's really interesting to chat with you and talk to different aspects of it and uh, live through my previous experience, live through my journey. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, and happy Karosh Awareness Day to all. Yeah, happy Karosh Awareness Day. Thank you for coming to the podcast, to the audience. Thank you for for listening. Thank you for being, you know, a growing community. Um, we really work for you, so. Shared, spread the like Chakra said. This is it has to grow uh, by community. So spread the world. Subscribe to our channels, and then let's support each other. Thank you again for being a part of Material Business, Chakra. Thank you so much for being the person you are, for bringing inspiration, and for being that the inspiration that so many people are looking up for you like I know a lot of people look up up to you and uh, that is really great um and we are very fortunate to have you as part of our, our closest networking and anything so thank you thank you Marika all the best to continue the journey and success and thank the you community together yeah which is very important yeah thank you yeah Likewise, and to everyone, have a fantastic Corrosion Awareness Day, and uh, we'll see you or talk to you or you will listen in to us in the next podcast. So thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you, Monica. Yeah.